Welcome to the MS Gym Podcast. I'm your host, Jody Feltham, and it's about to get real as we listen to the victories and struggles of our own MS Gym members. So let's dive in. MS can certainly throw a monkey wrench into our plans, but it doesn't mean that we give up on our hopes and dreams. I hope you'll be encouraged and you will celebrate with our guest today as we learn more about her deeply meaningful accomplishments and her exciting new plans for the future. Hello, MS Gym family. Thank you for joining me for another podcast with one of our uh, wonderful MS Gym members. So today we're actually talking to Susan Jankura Rowan. So Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So Susan, how did MS kind of show up in your life? How did it kind of interrupt things for you? Um, I was a runner and I didn't know it was called drop foot. Um, but when I would run after a while, my foot would drop and I would start tripping. Um, and I had fallen a lot um, because of that. Um, and so I didn't know why my foot was dropping. I kept thinking, well, you know, I broke it when I was little, maybe it's just that. Um, but my sister did have MS, okay. um, but I, it still wasn't on my radar. I still didn't think that that's what it was. And then um, my right thigh started getting numb. Couldn't figure out why. So then I finally called my sister and said, she lives in New Hampshire and I live in Connecticut. So it's not like I saw her all the time, um, but I called her up and asked her, you know, I explained my symptom and asked her if she thought it was anything. And she goes, oh, it sounds like MS. It sounds like what I have. I'm like, okay, great. But so it was easy to diagnose once I went to the doctor and they said, you know, I told them my sister had it and they were like, you know, did an MRI right away. And I was diagnosed pretty quickly. Okay. So how old was your sister and how old were you when you were diagnosed then? We were both about 32, 33. Once we both were diagnosed, my mother was like, oh, she pulls out this paper and she's like, I forgot when my sister had brain surgery when she was 12. And she's like, oh, I totally forgot that on the, um, the um, surgical notes, it says possible MS. She was 12. Oh, wow. Okay. So my parents, you know, back then there was nothing to do anyway. My parents just ignored it. Nobody ever said you should go take her to a neurologist or get it checked. But then when me and my other sister were diagnosed, my mom went to that sister and said, uh, you may have MS. And she did have neurological problems, but we just always thought it was due to the brain surgery she had. Fair enough. Fair enough. So it sounds like there's a strong genetic link in your family. Then. Yeah. And then seven years later, my brother is seven years older than me. So seven years later, my brother had, was diagnosed with MS. So okay. all four of us. Wow. Okay. That's, that's challenging, you know, for one family member, but for four, that's, that's a lot to take on. With none of it beforehand. So it's not like we knew Oh, we could possibly get MS because my mother has it or my grandmother has it. Yeah. It wasn't on any of our radars. None of us had it. Wow. Okay. So you're a big runner. Um, these symptoms come up, you get diagnosed. How does that affect your day-to-day -day life? What does it change your career or what were you doing at that point? What what happened? You no, know, at first it didn't. At first I was still running, even though I had fall and I, you know, my people would say you have to stop. Um you know, so I kept running. I, I lived in a colonial. I had a, 
uh, climb up 12 stairs to get to the main floor and then 12 stores, stairs to get to the bedrooms. Um, and, you know, I did that for uh, seven to 10 years. I thought, oh, it's no big deal. I'll just keep going. Um, and then things started getting worse. And I, I had to stop running because I fell way too often. Um, and so that wasn't safe anymore. And um, eventually we moved to a ranch. Um, so I didn't have the stairs to climb. And um, career-wise, I was a teacher, but I got passed up for a lot of things because they eventually knew I had MS. It was kind of obvious there was something wrong with me. And so, you know, that was challenging, um, you know, to, for people to think I can't do stuff because I have MS. Um, so that was tough. So when you said people noticed, was your walking, like you're not, obviously running was a problem, but like walking was visible to other people, the struggles that you were having? Yes, I walked with a limp. I, I didn't know it was called peg leg. Okay. <laughs> now I do. Um, so I would peg leg a lot. Um, you know, it was definitely noticeable. My balance was off. So people could think I was drunk or on drugs um, because, you know, I wasn't that steady. So, you know, it obviously kept progressing worse and worse. Okay. And when did it, so 32, and then you said like seven to 10 years, and then you moved. Um, when did it kind of progress to the point that you needed some sort of intervention? I don't know whether you took medications or what was kind of- I took medications right away. Okay. Um, and then he just kept adding to that. So, okay. you know, it was just, you need one injection. Back then, Copaxone was every day. So I would take an injection every day and then he would add more medication, more, uh, 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 I took- um, all different things um, by mouth. And then he ended up putting me on Cyumedrol all the time. Mm. And then it was a, a, a monthly Cyumedrol, a thousand milligrams of Cyumedrol. I was on Cubicin, I was on IVIG. Um, and then, like I said, a bunch of um, oral pills. Um, and so I did HSCT four years ago and four years before that so it's been eight years now that I started to use a cane and then progressed to a walker um in order to work okay okay are you are you still working now or is no, there, no no okay no when I went for the HSCT I retired fair enough fair enough now where did you did you go to Russia or Mexico for your Mexico to Mexico okay and I actually think you went probably about four or five months before I went there um but I have been following your journey uh ever since then and you've had some pretty uh shall we call miraculous or amazing accomplishments that you've had on your on your recent trip I have to say my my jaw dropped open and I turned a little green when I watched you you know walking along without trekking poles or a walker like I was proud i was so proud of you you know as a as another human being and as a person that struggles with ms like i think you must have put so much time and effort and training to get your body strong enough to do something like that it is it's tough and sometimes it's very exhausting you think i just want to not do this anymore um 
you know, and took a lot of concentration. But my one goal, which just sounds so stupid, I go to church every day. Mm-hmm. And my one goal I wanted to do is be able to go up for communion without anything. And I finally did that. And I did it a couple times. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. Can't I walk into church with nothing? And I'm like, oh, let me try it. So I walked into church with nothing. I go to my pew. I sit down. I'm praying. And I went, oh, no, I have to get back to my car. I don't have anything. But I went up to communion, got communion, got back down, sat sat at the pew or, you know, was at the pew. And like I said, I, I kind of freaked out how am I going to get back to my car and I thought well there's people I know and worst comes to worst I'm sure somebody would help me but I said no I'm going to be GV the whole way I just have to concentrate and I did it and so then I started doing it on my own and so not every day today I used the, uh, uh, the trucking poles um, because I, I got in my car I started walking towards the church and I said hmm I don't think I'm quite quite ready I don't know if it was just too busy of a weekend mm. uh, so I went back to my car and I got them because I was like I just can't make it so I do it and I try to do it a few days a week um, where I now walk into church and then walk up to communion with no trekking poles or anything um, that that actually sounds like a really meaningful goal the fact that you know you talk about going to church every day obviously that has deep-seated meaning to have that kind of freedom in there and so that's that's amazing like and I know other people around you I think I even read one of your posts in the MOC that someone else from your congregation actually came up to you at one point and commented on how much better you're doing and how much better you're moving and walking like that must have filled your heart up so full it does. It's just amazing when they come up to me and they say, wow, you're doing so good. As a matter of fact, uh, it must have been Friday. I walked without anything. And and one of the gentlemen there go, look at, as I'm walking out of church, he's like, look at you. He's like, there's nothing in your hand. He's like, this is amazing. He goes, you're doing so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I have the backing of them. Like they get so excited to see me do so well, which is exciting. For sure. And that must be added motivation, right? On those days when you're like, oh, I don't want to exercise or I don't want to press play or I just want to kind of do nothing. And then you think back to, you know, these victories that you've had and the encouragement from others as well. So how did you find the MS gym in, in, you know, the last four or five years? Yeah, I found it before I even went to have HSCT. And I just felt like I needed something. I needed some sort of exercise. I, I knew that you do so much better um, your body if you move. Um, my sister had stopped moving. And so she started to progress. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to keep moving as much as I could. And so um, I, I just kept going as much as I could. And then I found the MS gym and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I have to, I have to sign up for this. This is like amazing. Um, and obviously the program was so much different back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the new um, 2.0 um, even better. Um, I like how it's integrated. I like, I like how it gives you the neural snacks, you know, the neural flows in the, in your program where before I used to be down with my program, going, okay, what should I do? Well, I have knee kiss, hype knee hyperextension, um, peg leg. Okay, I'll try this one today and this one. Too. I was like all over the place. 
And it's so nice to have them right there for you now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I agree that the change in 2.0, I know there's growing pains when we switch from kind of the original one to the 2.0, but like just the amount of people getting victories and successes and stuff from this new, from this new system. And like you said, there's no more guesswork. I know for myself, I used to feel so much pressure, like, okay, well, I have to figure out exactly which circuits I should do each day in order to get better. And if I don't, then it's my own fault that I feel like I'm getting worse. Like it just, the, the mind games and it just makes it easier when it's, it's all laid out for you. It's like, mm -hmm. you just have to commit to doing the exercise, but you don't have to go searching all the time for things. So. Right. And that's what I love about it. Mm -hmm. It's right there. I don't have to think anymore or worry, or like you said, say, Ooh, I didn't do it right. It must be my fault. And, but if it's still there, if you want to do extra, for sure there is you know, if you want to do extra you just go find it like it's not like you can't do it mm -hmm. yeah so you've had some some great walking goals and some great walking accomplishments and you know this this um accomplishment at your church and kind of an ongoing thing it's encouraging if you're there so often that there's always that encouragement to keep to keep growing and then you've also grown in wisdom to know today I might need, you know, I might need my trekking poles. I need to be safe, right? Um, what other goals do you have for the future? What longer term goals, whether traveling or anything like that? What, what are you working towards now? Well, what I would love to do is my, my son and daughter-in-law are finally pregnant. Well, she's probably pregnant. Okay. Um, she's 12 weeks. So we're praying that she can, um, you know, hold on to this baby and, and deliver it. But what I want to do is I want to be able to take care of it. I want to be able to have it over. I want to be able to play with it. I want to be able to carry it. I want to be able to hold it. Like I, I want to be part of its life. And, you know, and I'm not saying you can't be part if you're, you know, in a wheelchair or using a walker or struggling, but I want to feel comfortable and confident to be able to care for the child. Um, so that's, that's my main goal. I mean, that's what I, I want to, do um, besides just do everything else and and let me give you a for instance um and these are just little things but i i never could carry my laundry basket mm -hmm. what i used to do is i used to lay my clothes on the floor and roll them up and then i would carry the rolled clothes to the laundry room and do the laundry i i didn't have enough strength or the ability or figure out how to do it to put this stuff in the laundry basket and carry the laundry basket. I can do that now. I can put the laundry in the laundry basket and carry it. it. I have to go through like, you know, my my bedroom, the foyer, the kitchen to get to the laundry room and I can do it now. Um, I couldn't do that before. Um, we have an instant pot that I use. And I used to have to remind, remember to ask my husband to get it in the morning if I was planning on using it for dinner Mm -hmm. And now I can pick it up. It's in um, my pantry. It's actually on the floor, which is kind of crazy, but I have to pick up the, and it's very, very heavy. I have to pick it up and then walk into my, in, I have to go from the pantry into the kitchen, put it up on the counter um, mm -hmm. and I can do it now. Um, so just, so, you know, you ask what I would like to do besides taking care of a grandchild, if I have one, um, I would also like to just be able to do normal everyday activities, like doing the laundry or, 
getting the instant pot out of another room. That's awesome. And it, it's like life goals. And, you know, someone who doesn't live with a chronic illness or MS, you know, people just take these things for granted. They don't, it doesn't even, like, it's not even a thought, but just the, obviously the determination on your part to do them, but just the, the joy inside. I'm sure you probably did a little dance when you, when you walk the laundry in the laundry basket and pick that up, the Instapot across the room. Like, it's just, we have like this built-in sense of gratitude for, for little things in life that other people don't even think about when we can accomplish these, these huge things where our hearts are so full of joy and gratitude for it. So I think that's obviously, you know, wanting to engage with your, with your new grandbaby and stuff like that, obviously, you know, that's very deep seated. Um, but I also think like when we're saying about just everyday activities, acti activities of daily life, like just being able to do these things with the Instapod or the laundry, like those, those are huge goals and huge accomplishments too. So I think, you know, you said that they're small things, but I, for us, I don't think they're small things. Yeah, at they're big. They're, I think they're huge for sure. Yeah. Well, now my husband comes home and he sees the instant pot out and he goes, uh, why didn't he get here? I'm like, I did it. <laughs> and he's like shocked. He's like, you did it yourself. I'm like, yeah, so I can do it now. Like, yeah. So funny thinking, all the times when when you're younger and stuff, you think, oh, I don't want to do chores. And and then when you get MS and then these things become difficult, you're excited to do chores again and you feel like it's a privilege to do them. How yeah. perspective shifts so quickly. Definitely. I mean, this weekend, Saturday, I guess it was, uh, because we're having renovations in our house, it's it's like a mess all the time. And mm. we've been kind of, you know, why would bother you know, vacuuming the floor or washing it, but it got so bad. I'm like, I really need to wash the kitchen floor. My husband says, oh, wait, and when I get home, I'll help you. But I did it. I moved all the kitchen table, the kitchen chairs out of the way. I got the big bucket out with the mop and I did the whole kitchen floor. And, you know, he comes home and he goes, oh, you look exhausted. I'm like, well, yes, I did the whole kitchen. He's like, you did it by yourself? And I said, yes. Um, so, and it just makes me happy because he worked so hard and for him have to come home and mm. then do this where I mean I hate to say I should do it but I used to do it um and you know if I can't do it anymore I feel guilty that he has to pick up the slack for you know things that I used to be able to do mm. so it's nice that I've gotten better that I can now contribute more mm -hmm. um like I used to do and I imagine that builds your confidence hugely, yes. obviously in your abilities, but also, you know, in what, in what you contribute to, you know, to your marriage and stuff. And obviously things do change, right? We, we don't necessarily get to decide our mobility level or, you know, how things progress. And there needs to be, sometimes there needs to be a shift in how we feel like we contribute because sometimes it looks different, but I imagine that doing the floor and stuff like that, it would it would shock you and impress you, but I'm sure your husband was like tickled pink or over the moon that you were able to do that. Right. Yeah. Well, you, you said, you know, how did, um, how do I feel about doing it? And here's chores like, Oh, yippee. I got to wash the kitchen floor, but I was, I was so excited. I was able to do it. I was able to move all the stuff. I, I did the floor and actually waited a while. He was gone for quite a while. 
Um, and then it was dry. I was able to put everything back. And so it didn't even look like I did anything when he first walked in. And I'm like, yes, I did the kitchen floor. He was like, oh my gosh. So it's just, you know, very exciting. That's awesome. So what would, what kind of advice would you give to someone? Because you've been, so like you've been, you've been diagnosed for what, over 15 years now? 15 Since 1997. Okay. So for quite a, what would you say to someone who's kind of newly diagnosed and kind of unsure what to do, you know, whether, you know, advice about, you know, what you did with medicine or not medicine or lifestyle or exercise, like what advice would you give to someone who's newly diagnosed? Well, the big thing is movement is key. I mean, you really need to get moving. Um, and I'm not saying you need to run a marathon, but you need to do something every day, all the time. Um, diet is really important. Um, I don't eat gluten or dairy, and I know different people could do different things in their diet, but I, I think, you know, being mindful of what you eat is really important. Um, and medications, just check on which kind of medications, and not every medication is going to work for every person. Mm-hmm. So you need, just need to find the one that's going to work for you. Um, and, you know, of course, for me, HSCT was something that was really good that I did because that halted my MS, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great that there's so many different tools in the toolbox and, and not everyone pursues the, the medical route, uh, whether it's actual um, MS uh, drugs or HSCT, but it's, it's nice to know that there's more and more options uh, mm-hmm. available for those that do wish to pursue that kind of line of treatment. So, so do you have any um, advice for people that are just starting the MS gym? When they get into the program, they get totally overwhelmed. What would you say if like, say you're someone in your family started the MS gym or a close friend, what would be like the advice um, that you'd offer them? You first need to listen to all of what Trevor has to say to begin before you even start exercising. So when he has all those things to listen to and you're like, oh my gosh, I listen to more, you have to listen to it. I listened to something today, which was amazing. And I, I never listened to it before. It was, you know, it was a new part of the program, you know, listen to this first. And I listened to it. And I was like shocked. And it was talking just about, you know, working out, laying down or sitting, sitting compared to standing and how important that is um, that you don't have to do everything standing just because you want to stand doesn't mean you have to work out standing. Um, I just thought that whole thing was amazing. And so you really have to listen to what he has to say. I know some people are like, oh, I don't wanna listen, it's so long and I just wanna get to the workouts. No, you have to listen to what he has to say because what he has to say is so important and that will help with what you do when you exercise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I agree. There's so much good educational content that Trevor puts in there. and. I know for so many people, it's, it's like you said, like, I want to stand, I want to walk more. So why am I exercising laying down or why am I exercising in a chair? But it's so, it's so much more than that. Like what we perceive in our minds, like it, there's a lot of trust involved, trusting that Trevor's, you know, has over 20 years of experience and all the training he's done to know what it is we need. Cause oftentimes we don't know what we need. We just know what we want to do, but we don't know necessarily the steps it takes to get there. And when he says it, it 
you know, sometimes there's a little light bulb that says, oh, so this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so it's so important to listen to everything he has to say. Mm -hmm. So Susan, thank you for chatting with me. Is there anything else, any other parting words or advice or life? Uh, one more thing is that buddy groups are so important. Mm. I have two and they are invaluable. I mean, we, we post about what we do during the day, how, how our um, you know, exercises have gone, if they've gone bad, kind of helps us, you know, what should we do, you know, bouncing ideas off each other, um, you know, just being cheerleaders for each other. Um, they're just so important. And so if anybody out there, you know, who is thinking about getting, you know, going joining a buddy group, they really should do it because it's just so important. Mm -hmm. That's, that's wonderful that you've got two buddy groups and it sounds like, it sounds like you're very active and engaged with them. And I know, you know, it, it all depends on people's willingness to participate, but I think it's so, it's so important to have that motivation. And I, I'm, I don't know, have you ever met anyone from your buddy group or is it, are they all over the States? Um, the, the one of the buddy groups we meet on zoom, like a zoom, well, let's like Facebook, um, uh, every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we could see each other all the time. The other one, we don't meet as often. We used to meet like once a month, but it's kind of gotten a little less. So hopefully it'll, it'll kick up again, but I've never met anybody in person yet, but we would love to, but the one buddy group is all on the East coast. Um, and so that was good because we meet every day at one o'clock. So nobody works. Um, everybody's about the same kind of ability level. Um, and again, we're able to meet um, because we're all on Eastern Standard Time and we meet at one o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon um, and it works out really good. Um, but no, I haven't actually met physically anybody. Okay. I hope to one day though. I, I imagine so. I know it's it's fun in the in the members only corner on Facebook when, you know, obviously before COVID, when people were able to meet up and just people posting the pictures, it kind of feels like when you meet someone that you've been talking, it feels like you it's like a long lost family member, a long lost friend, because there's this connection in this in this journey and this struggle that we have living with MS. There's a special bond that you have with another person that who gets you, who understands you. So, I can I can see even if even if at this point you're not able to meet up with them, just knowing every Wednesday that you're meeting up with people that have your back that are are going to be like, okay, Susan, how's your exercises going? And if you, if you say, oh, not so well, I'm not feeling motivated, they're gonna they're gonna like they're gonna light a spark under you. Come on, Susan, you can do it. You've you've beaten this before and you've overcome that. So I think I think it's so important to have the encouragement, but also to encourage other people as well. So I'm so glad that you have those buddy groups that you connect with and that it's filling you up. And I'm sure, you know, the feeling is mutual. I'm sure they're so glad that you're in their group encouraging them too. So so Susan, thank you again. Uh, it's been great talking with you, hearing about your journey and looking forward to seeing your posts. And hopefully, you know, in the next seven or eight months, we'll see a picture of your little grandbaby. I hope so. And, and you holding the little grandbaby. So that will, that will be exciting. It, it has been, um, we've seen many people like with similar goals of you 
having new grandbabies out there and so excited to hold them and and that being the motivation to keep having them press play keep pushing forward in their exercise so so I hope you can go out and enjoy the sunshine today if you have sunshine where you are yes we do yes that's good and I I know you've you've done quite a few posts you have a very long driveway at the front of your house and I I do there's a lot of good walking practice there too yeah, and it's a very big hill, so um, it's it's gets tough. But but because we have all these workers here working on our house, I have to park my car down the hill. So that's been good practice. So in the morning before church, I have to walk all the way down the hill and get in the car. And then after church, I have to park down the hill and walk all the way back up. So it's actually been good practice. Wow, wow, it's, it sounds challenging, but it sounds like you're up to the challenge for sure. So, and I wouldn't have been before Trevor, let me tell you, I would, I would be complaining to my husband, I'm stuck in the house now until they're done with all the renovations. I wouldn't have been going up and down. I would have complained and moaned and I can't believe I have to walk all the way down the hill. This is horrible. And now I, it's okay. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, Susan, take care. And again, look forward to seeing more of your victory posts in the MLC. Thank you. Do you want to give a voice to your own story or learn more about the MS Gym? You can check us out at the MSGym.com.